Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Weekend Barbecue Guru Show. I am your host Larry Brake and I am coming to you from the great state of Georgia. Hey, interesting uh, menu item yesterday that uh, we did a little differently. In fact, we got quite a few things to talk about, plus things coming up in the near future. So hang right in here with me, and I'll be back to divulge into this new podcast. Here we go. We'll be back. Okay. We are back and ready to go. We, or me, actually uh, decided that uh, chicken wings would be on the menu. Now, I went to my grocery store and saw that uh, there was a sale on the store brand marinades. So what I did was I got some honey bourbon, uh, buy two for four bucks, which I thought was a pretty good deal, seeing how the other stuff is like one bottle for, I think it's three fifty something like that. But uh, I thought, I will try this store brand, because you know store brands are actually made, made by somebody, uh, big league, but they just maybe make it a little more bland than uh, what uh, I guess the name brand is. But still, it's made by the same people, and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, so I did the honey bourbon, and instead of uh, marinating it overnight, what I did was about two, three hours before I smoked and grilled the, the wings, I marinated them in that. Uh, there were like oh, a few six i think six to eight of them uh there was no family meal so the quantity was not uh was not there but the thing about uh, the chicken wings and like chicken legs is they're so small that and not very thick that you don't really have to marinate that that long so i did about two hours three hours max and then I started the smoker and put in their mesquite wood that I had left over from uh, the duck. Now, speaking of duck, lo and behold, if there is not a plethora of duck out there, seeing how there wasn't very much up until the holidays, so I'm not sure if that's a holiday uh, item, but yet uh, duck was good. The enchiladas were absolutely fabulous. The wings, oh man, they were good too. And the smoke was not overpowering the, uh, the mesquite. Uh, it was, it, it added to the flavor of the, the honey and, and the bourbon and the mesquite all mixed well together. I would highly recommend that. I could just imagine if you were to like find some kind of brine with the honey and, and the bourbon, how sweet it would would uh, make uh, chicken or uh, turkey uh, taste. 
imagine it would be uh, absolutely uh, great. So with that, I didn't grill them just, or, or smoke them just whole long because, you know, they probably all added up together, maybe a pound, which I kept the... I kept uh, the temperature probably in the 250 to 275 range. And when I throw, threw in another log, it might have been up to close to three, but not for very long. So it was a real slow, low and slow uh, smoke. But I uh, pulled them and they were done. But I still had uh, enough uh, charcoal and... and uh, wood to uh, go I guess a little bit further so I had some remaining peppers jalapeno peppers that uh, I had left on the vine plus I had some stashed so I pulled those and I threw those onto the uh, fire I added one more log and then just let them burn till they burnt out and it's probably three or four hours so I pulled them and they are a smoky jalapeno uh, pepper. So what I'm going to do with them is uh, make some sort of uh, jalapeno uh, spread uh, for whatever, like maybe a sauce to put uh, on uh, some of uh, my pulled pork or, or ribs or something like that. I think that would probably... Uh, taste uh, very very good in fact uh, I may just put those in the, f the food uh, processor chop them all up get some uh, some kind of uh, sour cream type stuff and mix it all together throw in some lemon of some sort and most of all I'll probably check my flavor bible just to make sure all the ingredients uh, mesh together well and all the affinities uh, there will coexist and use that as maybe a type of rub on. Maybe I'll do one slab with just nothing but that and see how that turns out, which I think would probably be awesome, awesomely good and tasty. So that's the future plan is to do that. The, uh, the jalapenos are it's supposed to get cold here uh, over the this coming weekend so probably a lot of things here in coastal Georgia don't really uh, survive the cold weather so it's gonna be mm, probably in the 30s I'll probably put my uh, plants in uh, my greenhouse and just let them sit there for a while uh, I think uh, probably the days of the fruit will probably be uh, done so I made to stash those in there or ring them inside my covered uh, back patio area and watch them that way. But uh, seems like uh, I had a whole bunch of uh, jalapenos. I had a whole bunch of uh, grapes too, but the birds got them. Looking forward to like maybe doing a jalapeno grape type of uh, of uh, barbecue sauce somehow. Uh, kind of experimenting, kind of expanding some of uh, the different uh, sweet and sour mixes that, are, that uh, would go well with that. Uh, the chicken wings are good. I bet they would 
been uh, good if, uh, chicken breasts, but I wanted skin on the chicken breast. Couldn't find anything but skinless, boneless, and actually, bone in is to me is better because when you like double wrap, like say a picnic or Boston bud or, or something, you want to double wrapping and really render a lot of that, and that bone will like the stuff around it will really add flavor to to whatever you're cooking so bone in to me is better is good than the skinless boneless but that's just me uh i think with that i mean it's thick so you really want something to kind of go in the middle and that uh the bone and stuff probably helps out better some of that cartilage will uh, render down too and add a little bit of uh, fat flavor. So look for that and look for, uh, especially like say a brisket, look for some of the marbling. And in some of your ribs, look for some marbling too, which is uh, some fat scattered in with uh, the meat. But uh, remember fat adds to the flavor because it renders down uh, just like on a steak, the, the fat on the end, I'd cut it off unless you like eating eating that. I mean, a lot of people love the, the bacon fat, but who knows? Don't count me in, in that group. But yet, uh, I think there's a lot of things that a guy can experiment and figure out what he likes and his family likes, and that will make the holidays so much better. Christmas Day is coming up very very quickly traditionally i believe uh, christmas hams you have thanksgiving turkeys and then you have christmas hams i can't remember if we had turkey on christmas as a kid i can't believe i can't remember and can't believe that uh, we didn't have both but we might have we might have just had ham can't really really remember it was uh golly Seems like uh, yesterday, but then seems like uh, a long, long time ago. However, it's coming up soon. So what would be an excellent thing to do for Christmas meal? Hams are okay. Now, traditionally, the way that people will cook them is they will get a ham, they will slice it, and they will put brown sugar and pineapple in between the thick slices and cook them that way. And makes a nice little, I guess, cooking brine within them. Because actually the, the ham is already basically cooked. And all you have to do is just really heat it up. So that's one way of doing it. If you really, really want to get uh, creative, you could do maybe the duck enchiladas or pulled pork enchiladas or tacos. Uh, many people just love a traditional meal as uh, say uh, the ham. And you know, a lot of people will carry over and do uh, some kind of a, a dressing. But when I was a kid growing up in uh, Oklahoma, we would have, and if I'm trying to remember correctly, uh, ham, and we would have mashed potatoes and gravy. 
we would have some kind of uh, dressing. We would have fruit salad that my grandmother uh, made, my dad's mom. And to this day, I have no idea how she did it or how she made it. And one more thing, she always made a red velvet cake. Now, I'm not a baker. I am a uh, weekend barbecue guru. So her red velvet cake, I have not ever, ever tasted anything that came close to that. It was, it's, it's, it was uh, absolutely tops, top notch. It was great. I remember just looking forward just to the red velvet cake because it just seemed like it just melted in your mouth. Just awesomely good. We had that from grandma. We had banana pudding from my other grandma. We had rolls. In fact, the dressing was a cornbread dressing. We had uh, probably a green bean salad. And one more thing we always had, we had the, well, we had black eyed peas on New Year's Day, supposedly for good luck. That was a New Year's Eve or New Year's Day meal thing. But we, maybe we had ham on that day too. Maybe we had both on, we had turkey Thanksgiving, maybe both ham and turkey on Christmas and then the ham on New Year's. Can't remember, but uh, I just know we had a feast. It was it was always good. So, I've, maybe it was. Uh, I think it was probably the maybe it was a three bean salad. Is what it was that Mom did. But we had a feast. We had several desserts. But uh, man, those days are were fond memories. But yet they were. They're long gone. That's the thing with memories. You can always cherish them, but remember they're in the past and you look forward to the future. So I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and great meal. What am I going to do? I don't know. I've thought about, you know, in the past, we have ordered, like, say, from some restaurants, like whatever their best thing is. I know there's a, a restaurant in Florida that uh, Key Lime Pie was their, uh, I guess, claim to fame. Key Lime Pie was our dessert uh, for that. Uh, we've done uh, barbecue from Corky's in Memphis. They delivered. We've done uh, pizza from Chicago. Chicago pizza is good. Thinking about trying some pizza from uh, St. Louis, Emo's Pizza, you can order that online. In fact, there's a lot of things that you can get online. Uh, sometimes it's good to take a break and just see what other people, how they prepare, what it tastes. In fact, uh, a lot of uh, my, I guess, tastes from for barbecue, has just come from uh, tasting and evaluating and looking to see how it's done. In fact, uh, I think of all the main hubs of uh, barbecue, I think I've sampled uh, all of it. 
I've had barbecue from Texas, which is okay. I really don't like the barbecue sauce. It's too thick and I guess it's too sugary. I've had Memphis barbecue, which is really, really good, where I kind of like try to mimic early in the days. I've had Kansas City barbecue, which uh, was was really, really good. And I've had uh, Virginia barbecue, and I've had Georgia barbecue. Uh, North Carolina, the, the Carolina sauce, I've come about in Virginia, which I actually prefer because I think it accents the pulled pork uh, and the ribs better. But a lot of people like the thicker, thicker barbecue sauce. I actually prefer a drier type of barbecue with just the hints of the vinegar-based, mustard-based Carolina uh, sauce. That's just me. And that's something that I just didn't wake up one day and decide that's what I was going to do. It's just from experiment and from trial and error. So you may one day say, hey, I'm I like the Texas style because it's easier for me to do and I can make it better. Probably the one place that I've never been but I would like to go is uh, down in Austin, Texas to uh, Franklin Barbecue. It uh, is world renowned. In fact, they have a standing line uh, early in the morning and they only serve uh, lunch because they sell out. That is the goal, I guess, of uh, restaurants. Decide how much you want to make that day. Make your product and then sell it out and you're done. That would be the best way of doing it. So Franklin Barbecue on my list to one day visit. I don't know when I'm getting down uh, that away, but uh, uh, Oklahoma is just north of there, but yet it's probably to Austin going to be about six to seven hours from my hometown there in uh, Duncan. So we'll, uh, we'll see this summer if uh, that happens. Uh, the world of football has changed. The Mr. Irrelevant, which is the very last person the very last person taken in the NFL draft was selected by the San Francisco 49ers by way of trades and such. They, they drafted a quarterback from uh, Iowa State, which is a Big 12 school, and he was like their third-team quarterback. Wasn't expected to even see the field at all. They had Trey Lance, who they drafted early to take uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's place, which they tried to shop but had no takers. So they actually started with uh, Trey Lance. He got hurt. Went to Jimmy Garoppolo. He got hurt. And they threw in Brock Purdy, a rookie, the very last guy taken. He lit up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, in fact, quarterbacked Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, which is, I think, debatable. Uh, he let him up. It was, it was a 
aroused. But the most amazing thing, and I think it helped me in my fantasy league because uh, I've got have two quarterbacks that have kind of struggled. So I saw that uh, Brock Purdy was available in my league, and I thought, why not? And I picked him up, threw him in my lineup, made some other changes because I really needed to win. I really needed uh, a victory to get back into the playoffs, except for one other week. And I have been in uh, the playoff uh, picture, but uh, because I lost two of my studs, uh, Cooper Cup and my tight end, Dallas uh, Goddard of Philadelphia, I lost those two guys. They were, man, they were putting up points week and week, each week, but uh, they're on uh, injury reserve. So left me scrambling, started descending. So I had to do something because there's one more week. I've got to win. I won this week, but I need to win again next week just to cement my spot in the playoffs actually a chance to to win it the league but uh, we'll see but i thought uh, it's interesting how a guy can fall in love with his uh, fantasy team and miss out because he's basically i guess too enamored with his players especially when things aren't looking good and they're playing some tough teams that uh, slows down his production so we'll see. Probably won't play block Brock Purdy next week just for the fact that they he's on film now, two games, and they'll see his tendencies. So unless they're playing a dud team, somebody with uh, no hope of uh, playoffs looking to get a high draft pick, probably won't play him. But then there are some teams that are looking to do uh, do well. Now, Justin Herbert is was my starting, but uh, he had all his receivers injured, so he wasn't doing hardly anything but handing off. That's one of the reasons why I started uh, looking elsewhere. I got Geno Smith to, to uh, go along with DJ Metcalf as one of my receivers. It was a pretty good combination, but uh, Metcalf uh, stays on the uh, – questionable to play so you never know from time to time if he, if he will or not i actually gambled and he did pretty good i uh, got the old jaguars receiver dj chart and he put up some big numbers i opted not to play zay jones of uh the jags because he uh was questionable with a chest injury but played well yesterday so i'm not sure I'm just going to have to go with the gusto and play three wide receivers next next week. I played three running backs this week. I think I'm going to opt uh, with just two and go with uh, three wide outs because they seem to be hot. And just like in hockey, you go with a hot-handed goalie. That's what I'm going to do with my team is uh, go with uh, the hot players. And who knows? I may play pretty. We'll just see who what the matchup is. Um Looks like uh, the Eagles are uh, on a roll. Looks like uh, they are 
But probably right now, the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. Of course, they're going to probably uh, meet up with the winner of the Chiefs and Bills. Uh, the Bills have uh, kind of owned them, so we'll see. I'd like to see uh, a Bills and Eagles Super Bowl, but we'll see. Uh, the Bengals are still in it. They're looking good now. Uh, you never know from week to week what's going to happen. In uh, basketball, the NBA uh, standings, Boston's looking really, really tough at 21-6. Milwaukee, Cleveland looks really, really good to me too. Brooklyn, I don't know Philadelphia. I don't know Atlanta at 14-13. and 13. Um, I think everybody else is struggling to find their identity. Out West, New Orleans. Zion Williamson has come alive for that franchise, and they're doing well. Uh, Memphis is doing well, 17-9. and nine. New Orleans is 18-8 and eight in first, then Memphis, then Denver. Then Phoenix has fallen on hard times. You know they were in first place for a while. Sacramento, Portland. The Clippers, and then Golden State, Utah, Dallas, Minnesota, the Lakers, and then at 13th, the Oklahoma City Thunder. The problem with the Thunder that I see is they dig themselves into a hole, and it's hard to get out. I mean, they, they fall behind, and then they try to come back, and... I don't know if it's just the youth or what, but I think uh, they're going to be good in a couple of years. These are growing pains, but I think a lot of their stuff is self-inflicted, and there may be one or two more players away. I would love to see if them get a, a bigger man in the middle and one that could like be a rim protector, someone to... Take the place of Serge Ibaka back in the day when they were really, really good. He was their uh, rim protector. They basically don't have one, but yet uh, I guess they're doing okay. We'll see. They're not too far out of uh, playoff contention, but yet they're not in the playoffs if the season ended today. Because you want to always be in contention, but you're better off being or, or grabbing that slot. So look for the Thunder. Look for the Lakers to maybe make a move. Clippers might make a move. Uh, everybody else seems to be uh, geared on just finding their identity and, and playing. Um, the World Cup, since the USA is gone, I've sort of lost uh, track of it. Couldn't tell you a thing about it. I know uh, in collegiate wrestling, Bedlam was uh, yesterday. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State went down to the last match. They were tied 15 to 15. And the last match, there was a pin, which made the final score 21 to 15. A pin count six. I can remember back in the 80s, used to go. To as many bedlam matches as I could. It was classic. They played in the basketball arena, and it was uh, almost almost packed out. And even uh, 
and just like a duel, a regular duel for the season when they wrestled there at uh, the basketball arena. Half of it was full because they shut or they or partitioned off uh, half of it. So it was uh, good times. Uh, the sport of wrestling has really fallen. I'm not sure why with the, the MMA and the UFC going so well. I don't know why wrestling has uh, has uh, fallen, but uh, it's not the same. I remember seeing Dr. Death, the old uh, Sooner heavyweight that went on to pro wrestling heights. He uh, wrestled many of many of Bedlam. He got pinned in one in a classic where the Oklahoma State guy uh, grabbed him and tossed him, and it was all over real quick. But uh, he was a stud. He was uh, he was great. Uh, the Schultz brothers, uh, Andre Metzger was good. I noticed Derek Glenn that wrestled back on that team. His son is wrestling at Oklahoma now. So uh, times have changed. It's different. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Weekend Barbecue Guru Show. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for uh, taking time out to uh, listen to how to improve your barbecue skills. Hopefully it has enhanced and gave you an idea of how to explore and do creative things uh, with uh, pork, chicken, beef, whatever it is that uh, is uh, your uh, favorite dish there. So I will catch you guys next week. Uh, we'll talk about uh, what I uh, did this coming weekend. Not really sure at this time. Thinking maybe uh, some brisket, if I can find it, that's the thing. Trying to find brisket. Do something a little different with it. Maybe throw that uh, jalapeno uh, type sauce on it. We'll see. So catch you guys next time. And hey, thank you for listening. <laughs>